keep this a sunny and uh, Joe just uh, chilling out on a nice little Sunday afternoon uh, talking about we just popped open actually the um, the sneak attack pre-con deck from Zendikar Rising if you haven't gotten it yet definitely go to your LGS and pick it up because the stuff that comes in here is pretty damn juicy not even gonna lie it's pretty damn juicy um, I went ahead and opened it up, sleeved it up, of course I really want to play with it, but I did change out a couple of things just because they didn't kind of tickle my fancy a little bit. Um, of course the commander is Ana 1, the Ruin Thief. Uh, other rogues you control get plus 1, plus 1. Whenever one or more rogues you control deal combat damage to a player, that player mills a card for each one damage dealt to them. If the player mills at least one creature card this way, you draw a card. He's a 4 drop, it's a 2 4, it's a vampire rogue. Pretty good, honestly. I really, really liked it. The initial theme of the deck um, was a lot of board wipes, a lot of uh, single target creature killings, removal, etc. Uh, and then uh, resurrecting them back onto your side of the field, just to kind of a like a nana boo boo to your opponents, just to take their best creatures and use them against them, which is pretty cool. But I kind of went and uh, went a different round. I took out a little bit of the cards because they were very high mana cost, and added uh, a lot more robes. Um, a lot more rogues, a lot of more unblockable rogues to be able to chip at that damage away, mill their deck so I can draw, um, but as well as keeping a little bit of that creature removal uh, so I can later resurrect them onto my side of the field and then just continue to pummel away. Um, some of the cards that I did add are, of course, Wrist to Study because, you know, who doesn't want Wrist to Study? You want Draw, of course. Um, Drown in the Lock. It's from uh, Thorn of Eldrain. Drown in the Lock is an instant two drop. It's for a blue and a black. Uh, I get to choose one. Counter target spell with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of cards in its controller's graveyard. Or I can destroy target creature with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of cards in your uh, controller's graveyard. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, Joe just looked at the deck right now. He kind of looked over it, and uh, he was actually shockingly surprised of, at what came with the deck. Um, I don't think we've ever had a pre-con this good. It sounds like the Ur-Dragonim Edgar Markov ones, right? No, pre-cons can be pretty decent depending on what you consider as a good card. One of the cards I was shocked to see in this pre-con is a very powerful card. Um, Probably a little bit pricey for, for, for some players, but it's fine. If you buy this pre-con, you'll definitely get him. It's Lazal Demir Mastermind. He's a, he's two black, two blue, a legendary creature shapeshifter, and he has hexproof. Very powerful on a very good ability to have on your commander. For They can't spot remove him. All they can do is have to try to cast him. They can uh, counter it, or they can board wipe, you know, and that will get rid of him. Um, but... Lozov has whenever a creature card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you may have Lozov Demir Mastermind become a copy of that card, except its name is Lozov Demir Mastermind. It's legendary in addition to its other types, and it has hexproof and its ability. So Lozov is basically a pseudo commander in this deck, or you can straight up just buy this deck and play with Lozov as well. Um, you can build a really nice uh, everybody mills deck and then just if you hit creatures and you just pick your choosing of who you want Lazav to turn into um, so he and he works really well with Anawan the Ruin Thief's ability because if you have a, if you have Lazav and Anawan out and a bunch of rogues hit they're gonna mill and then you, you, if they hit a creature and you like it turn Lazav into that creature 
Um, very, very powerful card. Very um, toolboxy, it sounds like. Yeah, it's a very nice little synergy between those two commanders. One of the other, I would say, pseudo commanders in the deck that you could build a pretty good deck off is Ona, Queen of the Fae. She is three hybrid Demir colors, which is either blue or black, and then three colorless, so a six drop. She's flying, and you can tap X and then tap either blue or black. You choose a color. Target opponent exiles the top X cards of their library. Each card of the chosen color exiled this way, create a 1-1 one, one blue and black fairy rogue creature token. Now that doesn't combo in with, with Lozov, but it does give you an, an army of flying rogues um, for Rune, for Anawan. So with this three combo on the board, if you, if you get them out fast or get them out and start hitting with them, you could use Ona to dump all, all your mana in a turn Mill somebody out for, and the best kind of mill actually, in, in, in some instances, where they'll exile the cards from the top of their deck so they have no way of getting them back. You create a buttload of flying fairy tokens, and then you, or before your turn happens, because that's not on a, that's on an instant speed as, as her ability, so then all your rogues will not have summoning sickness. You can then swing in with Anawan and all those rogues, all those rogues will will hit or eat or just leave Anawan up because he'll also pump your your rogues with an anthem effect of giving them plus one plus one. So he turns all those flyers into a two two. Then you mill your opponent for all that, and then you can turn Lazav Demir Mastermind into a big bossy creature. So right there, I would say those are the three commanders that are really great. All three of these commanders, I believe, are really good in their own way. Anawan, truly for a rogue tribal, um, which is really cool. Rogues are pretty fun. There's some pretty, pretty nifty rogues out there that do some really jank stuff. Um, uh, one in particular is a rogue called Blighted Agent, and, he should, and, and he's not that expensive. He's a rogue, uh, hang on. Human rogue. He's a human rogue. He doesn't a, look like it. <laughs> he's a blue. He's one blue, one colorless with a one one, and he has the the one of my favorite my favorite abilities is infect. This creature deals damage to uh, to creatures in the form of negative one negative one counters and to players in the form of poison counters. If you're new or not familiar with what infect does, because it is an old ability, infect is a win con where if in a if a player has ten infect counters on them, they lose the game. Doesn't matter if they're at infinity life. Doesn't matter if they have whatever. <laughs> Unless they have, like, um, there's, like, two cards, or there's a couple cards that say, like, your opponents can't win the match and you can't lose, and vice versa. But unless they have those specific cards out, you give them 10, ten Infect counters, they're dead. Yeah. Craig so, Blanchett, please adopt my friend. I know you're Mr. <laughs> Infect, but uh, he... Uh, He's, that is my hero. That is it. Yeah, that, you are his hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Blighted Agent, if you have him on the field with Anawan, Anawan's already, already going to bump him up to a 2-2. Two -two. Blighted Agent already has printed on his card that he's unblockable. So unless your opponents can't get rid of him, you're dealing them two damage, two infect damage, and that just further increases the 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 doom counter or the the death clock on all your opponents yeah. on losing the game. Um, I ended up adding uh, actually a lot of uh, good little power ups uh, to the deck. I kind of turned it a little more rogue than anything. I went ahead and added. Uh, door of Destinies, uh, which is a four-drop artifact. As Door of Destinies enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Whenever you cast a spell of the chosen type, put a charge counter on Door of Destinies. 
Creatures you control of the chosen type get plus one plus one for each charge counter on Door of Destinies. Um, a lot of these are really small rogues. They're, you know, one, two, three drops, and you could, you know, just swarm the field with them immensely. You know, uh, putting Door of Destinies up to three charge counters, giving all of your throw, uh, all of your rogues three plus one plus one counters per turn. Um, I, I added uh, Vanquisher's Banner as well. It's a five drop artifact. As Vanquisher's Banner enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures you control of the chosen type get plus one plus one. Whenever you cast a creature spell of the chosen type, you draw a card. So turning all these rogues into little measlies, you know, one ones, two ones, two threes into pumped up five fours, you know, five sixes. Um, it does really, really help because a lot of these are unblockable. They literally state in their names that they are unblockable. If you, if you tap another rogue, if you control another rogue, if you have so and so numbers in your graveyard, whatever, it does help. Now with that, uh, what, what was his name? Blighted agent. Um, Blighted agent. Blighted yes. agent. If he's got infect, uh, mind you, infect counters do stick. So if you swing, if he's unblockable and he's a five, you just need to swing one more time, and you pretty much won the game. Um, unless he gets removed from the field, which would stink, but I mean, even if he dies, there's a lot of stuff in the deck to bring him back, um, you know, almost immediately. There was another legendary card that came in the uh, in the deck. Uh, I've never heard of this card. I think he's new from Zendikar Rising. I think. No, he's no? he's actually from a um, from either Kaladesh or um, Aether um, Aether Revolt. His name is Gonti, Lord of Luxury. He is a two black, two uh, colorless creature card. Legendary Aetherborn Rogue with Death Touch. He's a two three power and toughness. When Gonti, Lord of Luxury, enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of target opponent's library, exile one of them face down, then put the rest on the bottom of that library in a random order. You may look at that card and cast that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast this spell. Now, the cool thing with Gonti is that ability, he doesn't need to remain on the field to cast that card as long as it just remains exiled. Um, so that's really, really good. And Gonti's a pretty pretty uh, unique rogue. If you can somehow flicker his effect or blink him out, uh, use cards to return him to the hand or blink him out of the battlefield, you can keep re-getting his, his ETB. Um, a couple of the rogues that came in the uh, pre-con, I actually wanted to talk about because they I, they synergize really well. And then there's two that come from the set, from the set with this, Zendikar Rising, that I feel would work really well in this deck as as well. The first one I'm gonna talk is about uh, talk to you about is Invisible Stalker. He's the same mana as Blighted Agent. He's a blue one uh, one colorless for a one one. He has hexproof, so again, really good ability to have on on a card. And he's a, and he cannot be blocked. So you have a free pass right there with a, a creature that that works really well with Anawan coming down. Um, so, right, you don't really need to, like, focus on trying to get, like, the Ona, Lazav, and Anawan combo out. If you have, you know, your your little tiny rogues, go right ahead and start poking your opponents for, for damage. Getting in there, milling some cards out. That's the name of the game. You're going to win by attrition, basically. Then there's Slithering Blade, or Slither Blade. He's a one blue drop, and he can't be blocked. So he has just a straight up, just can't be blocked by anything. If you can pump him up, somehow give him infect, or just make him really strong, your opponent can't block him, they're taking a lot of damage real quick. 
And in Magic, one of the key things to, to remember is chip damage will stack up after over time. Oh god, yeah. So <laughs> you, if your deck is a slow drain, but it's pinging each opponent for one damage every turn that they cannot stop, that's damage that they cannot block, and they're, it's going to add up at, eventually. Yeah. Their life total will soon be from 40 to 20. What happened? I had, uh, I had to learn that the rough way when he when I first started playing Magic. Actually, uh, Joe's the one that showed me, and uh, at first I was like, okay, it felt like I was a new kid starting in Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, oh, this is a weakling little uh, one one two one. Ah, it's not gonna matter. And I played against him, and then uh, next thing I know, my life is at like eleven, and yeah. he's still at forty, and I'm like, what the hell happened? Chip damage, <laughs> never take it for granted in Magic. Uh, Triton Shorestalker is the same mana as Slitherblade. He's a one-drop. He can't be blocked either. This comes in the deck. So you've got three really good rogues that can't be blocked right there. Uh, Marin Rain River Prowler. He's a one blue, two colorless. He can't block or be blocked. But he also says you may cast him from the graveyard as long as you control a black or green permanent. Your commander is black and blue. Most of your cards in here are are gonna uh, have black or blue in them. So, hey, look at that. So you can keep bringing him back from the grave if he happens to die, which is pretty good. There are some sacrifice fodder cards in here, which is really good. You can prime target, kill him off, get uh, get some value, bring him back, repeat process. You know value is number one in commander. Uh, Frogster Banneret, he is a uh, one black, one colorless goblin rogue with haste. Really, um, really good ability. But you really probably wouldn't want to swing with him unless you have a clear board, because what goblin, what frogster banneret does is goblin spells and rogue spells you cast cost one less generic mana to cast. So he reduces all your rogues down, further helping you get out your army of rogues even faster. And then the last card I wanted to talk about um, personally is Ona's uh, Blackguard. One black, one colorless for a fairy rogue flying 1-1. Uh, one, one. Each other rogue you control enters the battle, or creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter. So back to the whole pumping up your rogues even further, Ona's Blackguard combined with Anawan will give your creatures an automatic plus two, plus two boost making most of them three threes. That chip damage now turns into a bigger chip damage, but imagine if you uh, swing at one person for nine damage that they can't block. And then you do it again the next turn. And then the next turn. A couple turns later from that, they're gonna be in a position where they really can't make explosive plays because they're gonna, they could die to, a, to the crack back or to the next attack automatically. And you know, even if it's not to you killing them, an another player can go, okay, well, I can just swing one little creature over here and kill you. Cool. You, you, you now put that player at a really big disadvantage. Then it also has whenever a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card, further putting more creatures in the graveyard for Lozav Mastermind. So Ona's Blackguard, really good uh, addition to the pre-con that I'm glad they put in here. Um, then the two rogues that didn't come in the pre-con, like, but came in the set that you can buy with it, was actually a couple. Yeah, there's a couple ones that I added in here just so, because I felt they worked very, very, very well with the... With the Soaring Thought Thief is a black-blue 1-3 human rogue with flash. 
which means you, you can cast him at any time, like an, like an instant. So before it hits your turn, you can easily just uh, tap uh, Demir Colors, get him out, and then it goes to your turn, and now he can uh, he can swing. He's got flying, so basically unblockable with most with most creatures. Um, and as long as an opponent has eight or more cards in the graveyard, rogues you control get plus one plus zero. So he's not a he he's an anthem, but he's he only goes for power. But combo him with Anawan or a couple of other cards, and now you got yourself a pretty good little way to boost your cards up. And then whenever one or one or more rogues you control attacks, each opponent mills two cards. So on swinging, if you attack with uh, for rogues, you're gonna mill them, each opponent, four cards. Then, if one opponent happens to hit that eight threshold, you automatically give all your rogues the plus one, plus zero. So, Soaring Thought Thief, he is a uncommon card that comes in Zendikar Rising, so he shouldn't be too hard to pull if you buy a couple packs or a fat pack or a box. Um, and hopefully you get one if, you, if, you, for your, if you're building this rogue deck, a good addition. Then there's Sure-footed infiltrator, uh, which I'll let you actually read these because I feel like I'm talking a little bit too long. <laughs> You're good, man. Um, Sure-footed infiltrator. I added all of these because I thought they worked really, really well with the deck. It is a three and a blue drop. It's a merfolk rogue, two, three. Tap another untapped rogue you control. Sure-footed infiltrator can't be blocked this turn. Whenever sure-footed infiltrator deals combat damage to a player, you get to draw a card. So we're going back to that whole drawing phase with Enawan where you get to mill your opponent. And if there happens to be a creature while he's on the field that they mill to the graveyard, you get to draw a card. Now, if sure-footed infiltrator, you know, deals combat damage that is another draw another card you will get to draw so there is some good draw you know abilities in here with these rogues um another uh, again he's a is what is he an, an uncommon this is an uncommon that comes in he's an uncommon yes yeah so uh pretty easy another one that i added uh would be this one I actually really really like expedition skulker he's a one in a black drop a vampire rogue two two expedition skulker has death touch as long as you control another rogue Death touches are always scary. If you're new to magic or commander, death touch creatures, they're always a threat because they can kill basically anything that that tries to swing at you. If it has trample, doesn't matter, it's gonna die anyway. They're always good little chump blockers or even just threatening swings. Um, Another one I added was a Black Bloom Rogue. He's actually one of the new dual uh, cards. It can be uh, flipped over for a uh, swamp. Um, Black Broom Rogue, he is a two and a black drop, a human rogue. He's got Menace, which if you don't know what that is, um, it is, you cannot, this creature can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. And uh, Black Bloom Rogue gets plus three plus uh, zero as long as an opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard. So he can turn pretty beefy actually, you know, pretty quick. And especially with all the milling you're gonna be doing, it's gonna, it's gonna work out. And then his land side. So in Zendikar Rising, they, they did this really cool thing where they'll have some creatures or instants or sorceries that you can flip over and play them for their land. Uh, but then basically once they leave, if that land leaves the battlefield or destroyed, it turns back into the previous card, the actual main card that it is. Um, so Black Bloom Rogue turns into Black Bloom Bog if you need a mana, which is a simple just Black Bloom Bog enters the battlefield tapped, and you can tap it for a simple Black Mana. If you don't know what the uh, how the the uh, 
sorry, the, the mechanic of that works is once it hits the field, you cannot change it back. So it's a, it's kind of versatile. You need to pick what you need before yes. putting it down. Because um, once it hits the field, that's how it stays. Which is actually good because if you're stuck and you draw into Black Bloom Row, you can say, hey, I'm changing it into the bog and flip it over in your sleeve and place it down as a mana. And then it's a mana. So you, if your mana stuck, I got you just drew into a mana. If you are flooded and you, which is a term where you are drawing nothing but mana, and you happen to draw into Black Bloom Bog, at least you have a creature to protect your life. Yeah, there's always choices. So, very good addition to the game. I'm glad. I'm glad to see Wizards doing things like that and creating mechanics that can help between getting flooded or being mana, mana stuck. If you are new, you will see that that will be a big problem. But it happens. It's perfectly fine. The last one that uh, the last one that I added was Merfolk Wind Robber. It's a uh, one blue drop. Merfolk Rogue one one flying. Whenever Merfolk Wind Robber deals damage to a player, that player mills a card. Uh, you can sacrifice Merfolk Wind Robber. You draw a card, but you can only activate this effect only if an opponent has eight or more cards in the graveyard. So. Options. There are definitely options. I went ahead and added a lot of um, retrieval to the deck because a lot of the rogues are kind of weak. If they do end up getting killed, I added uh, Obsessive Stitcher, which is actually, a, I feel like it's one of the better cards in the deck. It actually comes from... Um, from M21, which is a core set. Obsessive Stitcher is a pretty good card. Um, it's got a loot mechanic with, for a simple tap. In the loot um, turn is... You draw a card and then you discard a card from your hand. So if you have a card that you don't need uh, or if a way to get that card back later on in the game, i.e. if you happen to use Obsessive Stitcher's ability and you drop in the Meringue River Prowler, well, you can easily just cast him back later when you need him. And basically you just got um, Obsessive Stitcher's loot mechanic and you didn't really get rid of a card that you could need. Then she also has... You tap a black, blue, and two colorless, tap her, you sacrifice Obsessive Stitcher, uh, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, let's just say if you happen to have a card in your graveyard, you have Obsessive Stitcher out in the field, and someone plays a board wipe, you can, um, actually, you wouldn't be able to do that, don't do that, that would, that would kill your creature too, <laughs> my bad. What you could do is easily before your turn begins, or on, on the end of your turn, or if you have an ETB ability, you could crack her, pay, pay the mana, tap, kill her off, and bring something back before your turn that, that would really help your play out, and then go from there. Combo pieces. So, Obsessive Stitcher is a good addition. Then there's also many cards that he has. One of my favorite uh, black cards for Graveyard Recursion is Rise from the Grave. It's a one black, four colorless sorcery card. And it says, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. That creature is a black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. Now, the cool thing about the wording on this is it just says from a graveyard. So, if somebody mills, if you mill your opponents out, which you're going to be doing with Anawan, and they hit something really, really impressive, really great, you're like, oh shit, I want that. That could really work. Play Rise from the Grave. You can get it back, or you can get back something in your grave if you really want it. If there's nothing good that that was hit, if somebody put like a uh, wall of thorns or 
something a defender that does nothing. Yeah, some, yeah. something that so can work. Rise from the grave is worth the mana cost. Um, a a lot of the there are a lot of cards like that that do have that high mana cost, but it is definitely worth it. Like one of them is Necromantic Selection. It's actually a four. Uh, four colorless, three black drops of sorcery, destroy all creatures, then return a creature card put into a graveyard this way to the battlefield under your control. It's a black zombie in addition to its other colors and types, but you have to exile Necromantic Selection. So, Necromantic Selection is Rise from the Grave, but in a board wipe form, and you can get back any creature that was put in the graveyard by Necromantic Selection wiping the field. Um, so again, you can snatch something that was good on the field and amazing, now it's yours. Uh, and yeah, both good cards. I've used them in both my zombie decks, so. Yeah, all of these, uh, all these sorceries and instances that came with the deck, they're very, very, very good. If you're just getting into magic and you're looking to pick up a, uh, a commander deck, if you're starting to uh, play EDH, I 100% recommend uh, the Vampire Rogue deck. Uh, the other one, which is the... What is it? It's like the land attack? It's a landfall... Um, I believe it's a landfall elemental tribal deck. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's pretty good. My wife actually got that one, but she took it apart to you know make her decks better. Um, but for me and myself, she actually got me the this Vampire Rogue deck. It's very, very good. It's got, it comes with a lot of choices. Very toolboxy deck. Um, if you do end up going to your LGS, I suggest definitely getting it, giving it a try, even if it's just for the cards that are in it. Um, definitely a lot of good value and just gameplay in general. It's a lot of fun to play with. So definitely a lot of fun. And then so... Yeah, as as Sonny said, it, it seems to be a really fun deck, and I cannot wait for him to play it. Um, I wish I actually had the money to get it, but unfortunately right now I <laughs> uh, don't. But it's a, it seems like a really fun deck, and it seems... It, like, it doesn't seem like it's going to be too hard to pick up. There are some some pre-cons out there, or were some pre-cons. Many of the pre-cons that have come out lately have seemed to be really synergi uh, synergistic. Synergistic, or they synergize really well, and they feel user-friendly. So, yeah, even definitely give it a shot, give it a glance. And, and as, as Sonny said, even if you just pick it up for hell... Uh, Ona, Queen of the Fae, or Lazavdemir Mastermind. Those are two really good additions to have to your collection. Uh, you can build some really fun decks around them and just have a really fun time. Um, yeah, and that's what that that's what's a cool thing about Magic is you can build any deck you want. Exactly. So, yeah. Go out there. Go, go to your uh, local game stores. Go have fun with friends and stuff like that if you're allowed to. If um, your stores are are open for play and, and just have fun or just invite some friends over, grab a couple of pre-con decks and have at it. Exactly. We're going to try to make a video with the uh, Anawan deck, trying to, you know, show how it works in action. Uh, hopefully it works really well. Hopefully I don't get my butt kicked too hard. But uh, definitely keep an eye on that um, as well as we're going to be putting another... Um, Another video, actually, we're going to be getting um, the dual starter decks. It's a, it's for standard. It's only they come with only sixty cards. But we're going to be getting those, pitting them against each other, doing a review on those, uh, see how they work and what kind of cards actually come in there because we've never seen them. We're primarily commander players, but again, we want to dive into anything Magic because this is the game that we love to play. Um, other than that, this has been uh, Sunny 
And, uh, and Joe. Yep. And uh, this is the upkeep. And again, if you need anything, uh, we'll just pass priority.